Welcome to the Pokes Cast. I'm Ryan Thorburn, the Wyoming beat writer for the Casper Star Tribune. Trib.com for all of my work. At by underscore Ryan Thorburn on Twitter. Gags, what's going on? Happy holidays, buddy. Happy holidays to you, Ryan. It's uh, it's going all right. I've been uh, doing some some in-house training this week, so feel a little out of the loop, but thanks to you, uh, I am in the loop, and there's a lot going on in that loop right now when you're when we're talking University of Wyoming sports. Yeah, there is a free agency period now in college football that a lot of fan bases are getting used to, including Wyoming's. I think it's still a shock to the system for a lot of people. You know, Wyoming has had six football players go into the portal already, uh, three on day one, not counting Titus Swin, who was booted from the team and is obviously in there as well. Uh, so a lot to talk about there. Most of these guys are starting players. You know, Titus Swin obviously booted, but um, with the injuries to DeWyan McNeely and DQ James at running back, we kind of thought Joey Brash was going to start in the Arizona Bowl for the Pokes. I even wrote a story kind of, you know, with some quotes from him from the fall camp where, you know, he was saying you have to be patient in the system. You're going to be featured eventually and and wait your turn. So I kind of wrote that story because Tom Berman and Andrew Peasley said he was going to be RB1 on on Monday. And then on Wednesday, he enters the portal. So Wyoming is down to uh, a very thin running back room. Joshua Cobbs, number one receiver, is in the portal. Uh, Cam Stone, starting cornerback, is in the porter, portal. Olu Omotosho, dynamic defensive end, is in the portal. Keontae Glinton, who's been injured, is in the portal. So uh, who wants to play in this Arizona Bowl, Robert? Well, I don't know. I know I don't have any eligibility left, nor nor would that be a viable option. But, I mean, it's – it's you know, it's – you look around. There's a lot. There's a lot of other schools with a lot more in there. But then you know, it's it's kind of like you know, like you said, Ryan. It's kind of like here we go again a little bit. It's not a mass exodus or anything. Um, we talked about this even a little bit last year. Yeah, there were a lot more players at least at least at the end. I don't know how many more is going to enter. But you know, obviously, let the speculation go. You know, what's what's wrong? What's going on in the program? You know, what's wrong with some of these guys? You know, what's what are the reasons? I, you know, Ryan, I don't know. I know you're working on that, and I don't. You know, you never really get a full answer unless some of these kids come out and talk to you, and they and they don't generally. Um, I I don't know, Ryan. I mean, you know, you would think you know for I'm just using Brush as just an example right now. I mean, you know, he gets his chance. He didn't, you know, he got, you know, he got some time this season. Um, but he was really going to be able to showcase maybe what what could be next for the 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 running backs at Wyoming because he had that opportunity to be that guy. Now, for whatever reason, he decided he wanted something, he wants something else. And that's fine. That's his choice. That's what it's for. But you're wondering what's what's what is 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 there anything going on? Is it coincidence that all right, so Swin's gone, you know, kicked off the team, and now Dre Brosh is gone. You got two running backs that aren't that can't play because they're hurt. So all of a sudden, is there something wrong in, in you know in the in the running backs room? Is there something wrong wrong with the coaches? Is it just guys wanting something else? I mean, it's 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 speculation time, and it's frustrating. I, I will say this: not with all these guys, but you know the way they kind of push. Obviously, they're pushing academics. They're, you know, these guys take classes during the summer and stuff. Like a guy like Keontae Glinton, I know he was hurt a lot this year. Has he? Did he graduate? Did he get his undergrad? Because these guys are finishing, even as student athletes. It's not unusual for these guys to get done with their degrees in three years because of 
in, increased emphasis on summer school, which is really part of their scholarship package now. I mean, are some of these kids, are some of these kids getting done? Am I right, Ryan? Didn't Titus Swind, isn't he going to be graduating with his undergraduate in December? It, did I see that right? Or do you, can you confirm that? That was the plan. That was his that was plan. The plan you know, so my guess is he will be graduating. They let him finish out the semester on scholarship. Uh, you know, his plan from the beginning, you know, I did a big story on him, obviously opting out of 2020 and asked him, why did you come back? Because he was in Craig Bowles doghouse, even though it was COVID related reasons why he opted out is his dad was quite ill with the coronavirus. Uh, mm-hmm. And he had to help his mom who's in healthcare and and he said, I came back because my mom said, you're going to stick with these guys for four years. You're going to get your degree. And then if you want to go to the NFL, you chase that or do whatever you want. So he was back because of his mom and she liked his situation in Laramie. Uh, it's, you know, I, I've spent a lot of time in Fort Worth, you know, near where he's from, uh, covering the Broncos, covering a Darren Williams funeral, um, former Bronco. And these guys, a lot of them come from rough neighborhoods, and his mom really liked the environment in Laramie, the small townness, the uh, you know, the family atmosphere. So I think it's just a shame that it ended the way it ended. And what I've heard is it's basically insubordination. You know, Titus Swin did not handle the end of the season well. Uh, fans are not handling it well. I mean, it's it's human nature. It did not go well at the end. And I kind of had heard that that Joey Brosh was thinking about transferring anyway. And I thought maybe, okay, now that he has this opportunity, uh, you know, maybe that'll change. You know, why wouldn't it change? It's a run first offense and now you're going to be the starting running back. But, you know, for whatever reason, he is still transferring. That one you kind of, you kind of wonder because that room is tight. Did the way Titus exited affect the other running backs and how they view the program could be, maybe it's coincidence, uh, Joshua Cobbs, I think, you know, we know that uh, that Tulsa game when he had the big touchdown that Craig Bull told him he loved him and, and the feeling is mutual. But I just think he's another Texas kid. Maybe he wants to get closer to home. Uh, he's had some tragedy in his life as well. And the other thing that you really have to consider with Wyoming's offense is how tough is it going to be to keep any receivers unless they make a change with the passing game? Yeah, you know, there, there's that, Ryan. I mean, you, you just went through a few different scenarios for guys. Again, maybe some of these guys are, get, are are getting done with their degrees and they want to move on to something else. I mean, you know, I'm not trying to say, well, it's it's there's no problem within the within the program. There's no strife among the coaches or anything. You know, I don't know that, but I'm but I'm also not den- I'm not saying that there's not either. You know, I just think when we're dealing with this and in, in this in this day and age that. There can be a myriad of reasons, just like probably last year, Ryan, there were a lot of reasons why 15 players left or transferred, excuse me. Some were maybe because they, you know, they just needed a fresh start. Some maybe they just felt like, well, I want to see what I can do at another level. Maybe some, you know, they they had graduated. They wanted to, you know, I just think there were a lot. Now, again, are there underlying factors? that we're not aware of? You're not, you know, as hard as you work that you, you, we can't ever get to the bottom of. We can hear things but we can't really get anything to go on the record to hear, you know, to go what's on. I, I, you know, we don't know that yet. So it's, it's still frustrating. You're right, Ryan. I'm, who's going to, you know, we, we mentioned last week about that LJ Richardson, the, the, the true freshman, the, fre- the Richard, the freshman who, Hey, you know, you don't have to burn a Richard if you play him, you know, well, he may be RB one now. I mean, there's, 
who knows what they're going to do. They might just have to, you know, so I even saw some fans joke, well, one became a passing team all of a sudden. Well, no, it didn't. And I know that 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 comment was done in jest as well. Um, I understand that. But this is this is odd. And I don't know, in some ways, Ryan, it, I, you know, look, I, the portal is the portal. It is what it is. We're not going to change it. It's a little tough, though, when you are in a you have postseason opportunities here, and then all of a sudden you're getting this news. Now, if you're if your season's over and there is no bowl game or postseason, okay, you can start doing that. But if I don't know, and I'm not trying to take away any of the 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 power of the of, of these kids or anything, Ryan. But if your season is still going on, I don't know if that's necessarily conducive for the program and the coaches and even the rest of the the players as as far as that goes. Is to let these kids start entering. I don't. I don't know. What, what, I'm, I'm curious of what maybe what your take is on that. Yeah, I mean, I was covering the Pac-12 when Christian McCaffrey was really set the table by skipping a bowl game to prepare for the NFL draft. Certainly, that's understandable when it's not a playoff game at this stage. The playoff has ruined bowl games. You know, they're a nice little reward for for players, but. That era is over. I mean, the Rose Bowl just conceded that they're not running the show anymore and that they have to join the playoff rotation. So uh, bowl games, they're an exhibition game. And what they're going to be in the future, and maybe this year for Wyoming, is, okay, certain guys are skipping because they want to go to the NFL right now. Other guys are transferring. Guess what? Freshmen and sophomores, this is like your spring game against a real opponent. That's what they're going to become unless they're the playoff especially when it goes to 12 teams. So it's just another shocking thing that fans are going to have to get used to. You, I would recommend going to Tucson, having a good time, but not getting too caught up in what do we have to do to beat Ohio? Oh my God, we didn't beat Ohio. Or, hey, we beat Ohio with a bunch of new guys. It's It's not as meaningful as a regular season game, in my opinion, anymore. It's just, it's an exhibition now. It's uh, It's the NIT is what it is. So uh, that's the harsh reality. I'm still going to go down there and cover it because Wyoming football is important and there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. Craig Bull was not on the Monday press conference with Tom Berman and Andrew Peasley because he was out recruiting and had a flight change at the last minute. So we didn't get to hear from him. He's not going to say what exactly happened with Titus Wynn, but I'd like to get his thoughts on this year's transfer cycle, how he how he feels about it compared to last year. I mean, he said all season there's going to be transfers, but we are prepared for it this year. And this team is different. It's not going to be in mass. Now they're on pace, but it's a different cycle. Like everyone knew when they could get in there this year. And, and, you know, you saw around the country, there's a thousand guys in there on Monday, you know, from the different levels. And I think over 700 FBS scholarship players. So that's just an overwhelming amount of players uh, you know, it's a case-by-case basis, as it was last year. I think some guys were disgruntled. Some guys like Valaday had already been at Wyoming for f- four or five years and wanted to test themselves at the Power 5 level. And this year, it's the same thing. I think, obviously, Titus was a uh, a conduct issue, a chemistry issue between him and the coaching staff. We don't know about Brash, if if he's just following because Titus was booted. I think Cam Stone and Olu Omotosho are betting on themselves. You know, Craig Bowl raved about those two guys all year. I don't see how they could be 
in the mood of uh, I'm not with this coaching staff anymore. These guys don't support me. They are who they are because of this coaching staff. So I think they're just betting on themselves. I think uh, Olu's going to get Power Five offers. I'm a little, I'm I'm a little leery of of the Stone move. I get it. He's super fast, super talented, returns kicks. Size wise, I don't know that there's a lot of Power Five teams. I'm sure there's some that will take him. I don't see him starting, but he's betting on himself and he could prove us all wrong. So that one's a little, that one's different than Azizi Hearn and CJ Colton. Those guys had been around a long time and covered a lot of good receivers one-on-one and shut them down. Cam Stone's just now developing. So that that's an interesting one to me. To your point, I think uh, Keontae's been around a while. Maybe he's graduated. He's a California kid. Maybe he wants to try something different. Obviously, they love Buck Coors when he gets healthy at that position. And Rook Brown has, has whole, you know, been a pleasant surprise filling in for Glinton. So uh, it's a case-by-case basis. It's it's a whirlwind. It's it's frustrating for fans. It's uh, it's hard to cover because you can't keep up with it, but it's the new reality. Um, you know, Berman said something interesting that most of the guys that have transferred you know, in the last year, we're not from this region and that they want to take a deep dive. You know, I think four or five of the guys in right now are from Texas. So do you change where you recruit or how you acclimate guys from out of state? Do you recruit more regionally? Do you recruit more cold weather places like Illinois and and Wisconsin, which they've had great success in? They need to take a deep dive and and figure out how they can retain players. And he made an Berman made another interesting point that when they are going to recruit maybe guys from Texas, can they play right away and and help you for two or three years before they enter the portal? That's kind of, you know, every program's transitioning. You know, I heard an interesting thing about how maybe some of the richer programs from the SEC and stuff are gonna probably start hiring scouts. Like you could see an Alabama scout at a Wyoming game scouting the next Chad Muma. I mean, that's got to be frightening if you're a group of five guy. Yeah, you know, it's, it'd be interesting where that deep dive goes because, you know, we'll just use this Texas thing as an example. Ryan, you were around, you know, Joe Tiller, um, Dana Dimmel, those guys, they recruited Texas Army. They got some good players, but then, you know, it got to the point where, you know, there was attrition. And I don't I'm not maybe it's just coincidence. Guys were from Texas. A lot of at least the guys that Wyoming targeted and had didn't didn't it wasn't all of them didn't work out, but some didn't. So they got away. And even when Craig Bull got here, Craig Bull recruited in Texas a lot when he was at Nebraska and as an assistant. And he I remember talking to him early in his time at Wyoming. He goes, Well, probably not going to Texas because not because of didn't have the ties, because that it hasn't really worked here. Well, you know, as time went on. Uh, they did get back into Texas, and they've been pretty much all in in Texas. And even some, a lot of their commitments they have so far in this next recruiting class are from Texas. Okay, so now that doesn't mean you know they're dropping everything, but it's interesting how that shifts. But you know they've had transfers from kids from California. You know it's 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 been all around. It's interesting that the Texas thing you mentioned the Texas thing because that's been a an up and down thing. That's an interesting way to look at, you know, your recruiting, can, you know, but can Wyoming go get the guys that can help them in the first two to three years, whether these kids are from Texas or California or Colorado or Wyoming, wherever, can they go get that caliber of player that can help them? Cause it's, 
you know, talking to Bull and, and really whether it's Craig Bull or not, let's just face it, Ryan, Wyoming is a developmental program. Chances are they're not going to get the type of caliber of players that are going to come in across the board and help them right away for the first couple of years. They have to develop them. Okay. So okay, will they be able to do that? You know, if they go that route, I mean, there's, we could, we could, you know, get in the weeds about this for four days, let alone for this 30 or 40 minute podcast, but it's, it'll be interesting when they say, take a deep dive of what they do recruiting wise. I'll be interested to see if any more changes happen because I think, you know, they'll, they'll still be facing a lot of the, the, you know, similar challenges or that they could, whether they're wherever they're recruiting these kids from, it'll, it'll be rather interesting to see what they do if, if they do anything different. Yeah. I'm sure Craig has a sour taste in his mouth at the moment about the state of Texas, but they've already adjusted in the sense that Oscar Giles is the new defensive tackles coach. He's one of the most respected recruiters in the state of Texas. He played at Texas. He was with Mac Brown at Texas for a long time. So they're still going to be in Texas trying to find diamonds in the rough. And I think, you know, what he did with Oscar being the mentor for the freshman class from the last recruiting cycle, living in the dorms with them in the summer, connecting with them, getting relationships, that might help going forward when these younger players are, are older that have been in the ground floor with Giles and Bull and and this new Bull. You know, I think, you know, Bull changed. We've talked about it many times from last year's uh, portal cycle to this year. This year, I think it's more about individual case by case and, and fewer numbers going in. I think that the team overall is still pretty tight, pretty young, pretty on a good path. But I think the adjustment this year is not so much Bull's personality and getting to connect with players better. I think his adjustment this year, and he may never change his stripes, but the adjustment this year has to be addressing the offense and the passing game. That's number one, number two, number three. You know, Wyoming's going to find running backs. They'll be fine there. Their offensive line is good. Their defense is going to be good, even though they've lost a couple starters here. They need a dynamic passing game, and there are tons more quarterbacks and receivers than landing spots in the portal right now. So go get some. So, Ryan, in your mind, I'm curious your take. Say they need a more dynamic passing game. So does that is it is this all the above, or is there in, in a particular area? Is it is it different coaching? Is it different? Is it a higher caliber quarterback? Is it higher caliber, you know, skill level guys? Is it all is it is it a combination of all that? In your eyes, for this passing game, let's not even call it dynamic, let's just call it average. Okay. <laughs> Cause we know it's really not even quite there. At least at times it was, but you know, not consistently. For that to get there, what has to what has to change? Yeah, I mean, you're being very nice. It's atrocious. It's embarrassing. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, I think Andrew Peasley was hurt this year. You know, he had a nice run there in the middle of the season. Obviously, bounced back great from Illinois against Tulsa. He had a nice run going. I really do think he was banged up bad this year. I think, you know, Berman said he's going to be the guy next year. I believe that. I, he's a great leader. I think when he's healthy, he's fine. But he needs – you know, Wyoming doesn't have wide receivers like uh, – Horton at Colorado State or uh, the Fresno State guys or even some Boise guys. They don't have them. I mean, Josh Cobbs, good luck. I wish him well. He's a great dude, but he is not a number one receiver in the Mountain West. 
and he was Wyoming's number one receiver. So they need better wide receivers. They need Ryan Yarborough and Marcus Harris, and the list goes on um, from the old days. They've had them in the past. They need to find them. Uh, they don't have to go spread tempo. They need two or three dynamic playmakers and at least one to stretch the field. Because so I think when when Peasley can do the play action, and even Jaden Clemens, we saw it against Boise State, they had them and they missed it. But they need more of that, more of attacking downfield to set the tone, loosen the defense up, and, and go for it. I mean, when Wyoming's system works, it's a thing of beauty, the punishing running game, wearing teams out. I mean, Utah State can't figure it out. <laughs> but the good teams, the difference between Fresno State and Boise State and Wyoming, the gap is still pretty pretty far, I would say, until they get uh, the ability to hang with those guys on the scoreboard. It's a good assessment, Ryan. It's a good assessment. It'll be interesting how this offseason works. Even Heck, I, you know, sometimes bowl preparation could get a little mundane, and I'm not sure what their schedule is since they play after Christmas now. If they're in finals, I don't know, maybe they're done, Ryan. I don't know if they're practicing now. Then they're going to let them go home for Christmas for a little bit, then bring them back and then start bowl prep. I'm not sure exactly how that goes. I think that's what they did when they played in the Arizona Bowl last time is basically let them go home for Christmas or after finals brought them back right around Christmas and then got into bowl prep. But, uh, you know, sometimes bowl prep, you're not quite sure what to think. This ought to be one of the more interesting ones just to see who might be out there for this team on uh, against Ohio on, on January or December 30th. Yeah, it's interesting because if you would ask me a couple of weeks ago, like, okay, they have all these running backs, who's transferring? I would have said Jordan Vaughn probably. He's 6'4 or 6'2". 240 he looks like a stud and you know the either the light hasn't gone on or he hasn't had the opportunity well guess what he is it's go time jordan vaughn he's a redshirt freshman i mean he is looks like a great running back now we'll see what he does with this opportunity assuming he doesn't go in the portal and then you mentioned lj richardson a true freshman from omaha they really like uh, and that's about it right now. So uh, those two, I would think, will be fired up. I think practices begin uh, on Friday, and they will, you know, get as many of those in as as they can, and then they will break for the holidays. And you know, I'm I'm not clear specifically if uh, they have all have to come back to Laramie and fly together, or if that you can get to Tucson on your own or what. But um, you know, they'll be in Tucson. December 26th, getting ready for a bowl game. So great opportunity for some running backs. Uh, you know, they need to get some wide receivers healthy, some tight ends healthy, and, and uh, you know, let it fly. Well, I think one, one possible advantage, and depending on how the coaching staff and the players, you know, utilize it or embrace it is, you know, because they are playing later, you know, playing December 30th and not playing that first week of bowl time, you know, they're going to get some extra practices in. You know, how they utilize them, that's going to be up to the programs, the coaches, the players, and how they how they utilize them. But you mentioned earlier, Ryan, this is kind of like, you know, and a lot of these bowl games are becoming that way, kind of like glorified exhibition games. Well, spring balls, you know, the 2023 season starts now for Wyoming. I mean, honestly, because it's, it's, it's like an audition for a lot of these guys now, like it or not. So how do they utilize this? How do they use this? Wyoming can use this to an advantage, yes. A win or loss against Ohio on December 30th going to determine what the 2023 season does? No. But it might be able to paint a little clearer picture for them as well. 
you know, by these extra practices. And I don't know how many that'll equate to. Maybe it's only like a handful. Maybe it's not even that many. But they can use this to their advantage as opposed to where if they were playing on, what, Jan- or December 17th or something next week when all these other pre-Christmas bowls kind of get started, this is this is an opportunity. I mean, not that they'll get everything figured out in just a couple extra practices, but it can't hurt with all the uncertainties that Wyoming faces now. I'll be interested to see not just how the coaches approach it, how them players embrace it, especially like this Jordan Vaughn and LJ Richardson or some of these other wide receivers or some of these other guys that maybe a lot of people don't even know are on the roster at this point, see how they maybe take advantage of some of this. It also gives the coaches extra time to nail down this recruiting class. I remember the first year of the early signing period, I was covering Oregon and they had a, well, first of all, at one point they had the number one recruiting class in the nation. Then Willie Taggart bailed for Florida State. They hire Mario Cristobal, who's a spectacular recruiting uh, guru, to keep the class together. And he also, you know, deserved the chance to be their head coach. But he was flying every day after practice in Las Vegas at the Las Vegas Bowl. He was flying to L.A. He was flying, you know, to Texas, wherever to keep that class together. And they got smushed by Boise State because – Let's face it, the coaching staff was worried about the next season and not that bowl game. So I think this gives you a chance to recruit more and focus on developing players and getting ready for this game. I think it's a win-win. You know, you wonder the recruiting class was going to be pretty small because this was such a young team. Now, do you fill those extra spots with high schoolers, knowing that a lot of programs are ignoring high school recruiting right now and focusing on the portal? Or do you identify three or four dudes, hopefully wide receivers, and 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 go that route to fill those spots? It'll it'll be interesting. Well, I think they got to look at the portal in at least some areas, Ryan. I think they'd be they'd be silly not to because it's another option. And you were mentioning, you know, the recruit, you know, how you know they're going to take a deep dive in where they recruit and who they recruit in what areas and stuff. Look, Ryan, and, and you know whether the portal is always going to be around or whatever. When you're a school like Wyoming, and this is no disrespect intended here, you look at every available pool that's out there, whether it's high school kids, junior college kids, the portal, you look, obviously, I think major metro areas are big. Obviously, Colorado's big, the Denver area, that's always going to be big for them. Obviously, whatever they can get inside of Wyoming, you know, but it's got to be broader than that, you know. Texas has a pretty has you know plays a pretty big brand of football down there. California's been good to Wyoming in the past. You gotta look. You know, I'm not saying you, you they're not going to recruit nationally. I don't mean it that way, but they got to look at every single resource and pool that's out there for them because it's not like it's real. They're very limited in a lot of ways. So I don't think you, I don't, I don't, I think it would be very unwise of Wyoming to shut the door on any one particular thing because I think they need all the, the, the pools at least as, as, as much as possible for them, if that makes sense. Yeah. Including Cody Wyoming, a Luke Talich. What position do you want to play, and when do you want to start playing, buddy? Well, I do know this, Ryan. I was at the, the the Wyoming men's basketball game against Grand Canyon, the first one I've been to in 30 years as a fan, and I just happened to be sitting by the Talich's. I, you know, it's the first time I've seen Jim Talich since he probably played. You know, and I wasn't sitting by him, but he was just a few seats down with his family, and there were about four Wyoming assistant football coaches sitting with him and his family. You know, really, they were putting now. now I don't know if they're putting on the full court press, but uh, uh, that's a very important recruit for them. And I can tell they were 
I can only imagine how the the young Talich was on his on his trip. I'm sure they're paying plenty of attention to him. They're also playing paying plenty of attention to mom and dad as well. I can tell that the full court press, so to speak, was on that day. Yeah, that's the rare Wyoming kid who is a legacy recruit, but also has some very tempting Power Five offers already. So, you know, decision time will be coming up for him. That would be huge for Wyoming because, you know. I've been told by several people that, you know, a year ago, Power Five programs were calling Chad Muma and offering a bag of cash to Chad Muma to go to their place for his extra year of eligibility. Of course, Chad, like they're hoping Luke Talich would be, is a program guy, a Wyoming guy, a legacy guy. He would never do that. But that's what's going on right now. So the more of those guys, like I touched on earlier from this region that are loyal to this region and, and specifically Wyoming football, the more of those guys you can get to build around the better. And, uh, you know, your, your full court press is a good, good segue because there's another topic we need to broach today, which is the men's basketball program. You mentioned you were at the, the Grand Canyon game, which was their fourth consecutive loss, uh, really a disappointing game. No, Noah Reynolds, no Brendan Wenzel. Um, Last night I covered their win over Texas A&M Commerce, not the <laughs> not Texas A&M, Texas A&M Commerce, and uh, you know no Reynolds thirty points, he's back. Brendan Wenzel fourteen, uh, Kenny Foster thrown into the starting lineup looked terrific. Really gave the team a nice energy and a different presence and a different attitude. I thought uh, it was interesting. Hunter Thompson, Maldo, and and Foster all out there together, guys that have been through some stuff at Wyoming. You know, it's new to some of these guys, this adversity in terms of wins and losses, but not to those guys. So uh, afterwards, Jeff Linder, long rant aimed at the Wyoming crowd. He was not pleased with the lack of bodies or the lack of energy from the crowd. Uh, I wrote a column about it at trib.com. If you would like to check it out, Um, I include all of his, comments from his rant but uh what do you make of this situation well ryan i saw your 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 quick stuff after the game and i was actually looking through your column today and you, you nailed it but man when when jeff started doing when i saw this the comments coming and i don't he's not wrong I'm, I'm not i'm not saying he's wrong or shouldn't feel that way or completely off base but it's like uh jeff don't go down that, that road because that's a losing battle here ryan i mean look larry shite's you know gone down that road a little bit you know, the coaches are wrong. Jeff Linder's not wrong in how he feels about that. I, I, you know, he's not. But to get it out there, and granted, as a, you know, as you're writing a column or you're covering the team, that's gold, man. That's 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 not that's not the typical. Yeah, we played hard. I'm glad we're able to get the win type thing. That's you know, you you, you wait for those types of things. But it's like it's a losing battle, Ryan. Look, Wyoming is you know. Yeah, I know they haven't been playing that well. Um, and a lot, a lot of that's some of that's their control, some of it's not in their control with injuries. But whether it's, you know, injuries are part of the game, no matter what. But look, this is Wyoming in the winter. Um, you know, they're not going to get 8,000 fans. I don't care if Wyoming was 7 0, they weren't going to get 8,000 fans for Texas AM Converse on a Tuesday night in Laramie. You, they just weren't. Okay. Um, this is what it is here, you know. Um, you can get some decent crowds at times, but you're not going to get great crowds. It's around the holidays. There's weather people from, 
Yeah, people from Rock Springs and Casper and Cody and Gillette will come down to a football game every other week, but they're not going to come down to to if they have a chance at five or six non-conference games, you're lucky if they're going to do a couple of them, okay? Yeah, there are some diehards that do the that go to the go to every every game, and I know some of those people, but that's some. That's not everyone. It it is what it is. Jeff, I I understand how what he feels, and again, I'm not saying he's completely wrong. But to go out in the media and go after him like that, that's just that's a losing battle, man. It just is. Yeah, and I, I encourage everyone to read the column because I tried to present basically to sum it up, I agree with both sides. Like the fans have good excuses. Mm-hmm. No one's ever heard of this team. Wyoming is not playing well. It's a Tuesday night. It's dark out. It's winter. The students are gone or t- studying for finals. A lot of excuses there, all legitimate excuses. You know, they didn't give the tickets away for $5 or anything either. So, but Jeff Linder is also correct. This team needs a home crowd right now, badly. Mm-hmm. And just because they're off to a slow start is no excuse to jump off the bandwagon. They have legitimate excuses. Grammy K is out, one of the best players in the country. Hunter Maldonado has been in and out of the lineup with multiple injuries. Five or six other guys have been out with injuries. Both sides are have legitimate excuses, but it's time. No more excuses. Fans need to start showing up and supporting this team. And Jeff Linder needs to put a better team on the floor. And that's the bottom line. I think that's still a possibility. We saw a breakthrough the other, the other night, like I mentioned, Eventually, you know, knock on wood, they will get Grammy K back and they will make a run. And, you know, Wyoming fans need to be there to to witness it. So uh, both sides are right and wrong, I guess, is a, a strange way of putting it. I, you're right. You know, I think there's you're, you're absolutely right. But I just think it's just a very, very dangerous thing for any coach at Wyoming to go after the crowds, go after the, you know, and I know he wasn't going after individuals. He was it was a general thing. Um, again, he's not wrong, but man, that's just, that's a dangerous thing here. I just, I'm not saying it's going to cost him his job. I don't mean it that way. It's just, it's not going to help him. You know, I understand how he felt. I, you know, he's not wrong either, but like you said, Ryan, these are some of the fans in a lot of this. I, I would like to think that I don't think a lot of fans have fallen off the bandwagon because of their struggles. If they've, if that's the case, then, then, then there is something wrong with the fans, but I honestly don't think it's that. Yeah. They're, they're struggling now, but again, these early season games just don't have never done well. Even when Wyoming's been good, let alone, I don't know, maybe you take the Lechner Dembo era out because, you know, that was maybe a little different. And maybe on paper, this team had that potential in the preseason based on what it did last year, what was coming back and all the hype. Maybe there was that. But a lot of things have changed since then, too, Ryan. I just don't, these are tough draws this time of year for, for, for Wyoming. They just, they just are. Um, would it be different if, if, if they had their full complement of players? Maybe. But again, you know, Ryan, in, in the early 2000s, Wyoming did a study of why fans go to games. And this was mostly built built off of football and men's basketball. And the top two things were who Wyoming was playing and weather. Okay, there you go. Now, to me, that seems a little backwards, not the weather part. But if you're, who are you going to see? Are you going to see the Wyoming Cowboys play? Or are you going to go see the opponent? To me saying, well, that's who they're playing. That's a little backwards to me, but that's just me. Okay. But it sounds like Ryan, that not a whole lot's changed since then. To be honest yeah. with you, 
And, uh, you know, I will say this, you know, he had his rant and then I was, I was up there writing and, and he came back up and was just staring out at the empty arena and he was still seething a long time after the game. And I don't think it's because he doesn't like Wyoming fans. I think it's because in part to tie this all in a big bow, there's a lot of pressure on a coach at Wyoming as far as how do you keep a team like this together? You know, Graham EK is getting bigger offers than what Chad Muma was, was being offered to go. And he stayed and he got hurt and it sucks. But when he comes back, if there's, if he's feeling the love and there's 8,000 people and they're beating San Diego state that keeps guys at Wyoming. That's your only chance is that, that you sell that it's one Wyoming people love college basketball here. They're going to support you here. You're not going to play in front of empty arenas here. And if you have an empty arena and you don't have the NIL and you don't have the weather, it makes it really hard for Jeff Linder, who said, by the way, last year after the NCAA tournament, I'll stay at Wyoming as long as I feel like I'm being supported. Hmm. And that's that can be very interesting, Ryan. Where does that mean? Does that mean support from his administration? Does that mean support from the fans? Does that mean a combination of both? Or what you know, how how even is that maybe if that's a combination of both? That's that's very interesting. And it, you, you know, need both. And it makes sense. And it makes sense too. You need to be supported by administration and fans to build it the way that the guy he would like to be at Gonzaga built it. So just throwing that out there. I don't think Jeff's unhappy. I think he likes Wyoming. I think he likes the fans. And it's just a tough job. And he's feeling that pressure because of circumstances that are out of his control right now with the portal and the injuries. Right. All right, buddy. Good talking. Good talk. Let's Good talk stuff today. about uh, on-field stuff someday, huh? Well, that'd be nice. You know, I'm sure we'll do some bowl previews. Hopefully there'll be some previews to ask, you know, I'd be curious who's out there, you know, give me a roster. You better have your roster up. I hope that UW at least updates one for you. So you can know who's out there. It's like going out to cover spring ball for the first time again, yep. when you, when they start getting bowl practice underway. All right. We'll do it again next week. Thanks for your time and everybody. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you later.